of nights ago I had such a detailed dream of northern exposure it was a rich long involved story it really lasted a long time and uh, I was part of that story not just watching it from the sidelines it was one that moved through many scenarios and uh, segments different ways things might go or might have gone After I woke up from that dream, I felt I had really been in another place. I think dreams are such a gift. And in this dream, I was also in several places that I've only visited in dreams, never in real life, at least yet. They are places that I don't know to exist in the waking world. But I remember dreams, and in each case, meaningful dreams, featuring those places. Then I want to add another puzzle piece to something that I referred to many, many episodes ago. In that episode, I was talking about the great Stan Jones song, Riders in the Sky, often also known as Ghost Riders in the Sky. And I mentioned that I believe that that is like a seed from which Ennio Morricone later spun all his great Western music. Because I like to go through life finding my own way and finding bits and pieces here and there and connecting them rather than going through, for example, massive tomes where somebody lays out the history of one subject completely from his or her point of view of course there are often important pieces of puzzles that I find later I find that very human and very rewarding so I'm happy when I can add another piece like this when it comes to Ennio Morricone's western music in fact Sergio Leone the director asked him to write in the style of Dimitri Tiomkin in the latter's Western soundtrack style. Dimitri Tiomkin was born in Russia, later moved to the United States of America, and he wrote a lot of great Western music, including one of my favorite songs, Do Not Forsake Me, O My Darling, for High Noon. But his instrumental music, especially later on from that point, is uncannily like Ennio Morricone's music later. So certainly I should amend my earlier statement about this, that the two great influences on Ennio Morricone's Western music, in my opinion, were Dimitri Tiomkin's Western music and Riders in the Sky. I definitely keep Riders in the Sky in that scenario because it was tremendously influential and surely also on Tiomkin. So the influence would have come 
to Ennio Morricone from at least these two directions and uh, maybe by a certain byway. If you want to hear an example of the kind of music I'm talking about from Dimitri Tjomkin, you can go to my Spotify playlist called What Now 1956 to 1959 and on that playlist it's a performance by Nelson Riddle but the music is written by Dimitri Tjomkin and Tjomkin used this theme as material in at least two of his soundtracks for John Wayne movies. I don't like John Wayne, so I don't remember if I've ever seen those two particular movies, Rio Bravo and The Olamo, and I'm not sure how similar the treatment of Tjomkin of that material was. But in any case, if you go to this playlist and listen to this piece of music, you can hear how much of an inspiration Tjomkin was for those Morricone Western scores. You can find this piece on that Spotify playlist just before Johnny Puleo and his harmonica gangs. You are always in my heart. I've now arrived in the 1960s on my journey through the history of music, through its recorded forms, and um, to cite some statistics, I have listened on Spotify to 72,268 tracks, and I've created 3,201 playlists. Speaking of Spotify playlists, there's now one for the years 1960 to 1964, so the first half of that decade, there are only a few items on it right now, but each of these playlists will keep having new items added to them as I come across more great music from those years. I've also now changed the names from What Now with Simo and then the years to just What Now and the year range. Plus I've made the cover art for those albums consistent and the art now lets you see from the cover itself also the years covered. Before I end this episode I wanted to say what a great freedom there is in the music that I'm now coming across from the early 1960s even more so than from the late 1950s. If you go to that playlist of music from 1960 to 1964 and listen to the following items. The Scorpions in Ghost Riders in the Sky and The Ventures in Pipeline and Spudnik or Surf Rider. There's a freedom in that music that had never existed before that freedom, when I listen to this music, it makes my mind go places. My imagination takes off. I can listen to the music and enjoy it fully, which is not true of that many pieces of music from any era or of any type for me. For me, this freedom that you get 
from those three songs. It's something that only came to existence in music at this point in time. It's nowhere in the classical, well-known pieces from earlier centuries. But it's interesting how elusive this feeling of freedom seems to be because occasionally it's found here or there by one band or some musician, some composer, some artist in another area and then it may just disappear from their work for the rest of their lives. There are some very, very special artists whom I've mentioned many times, of course, on this podcast, who seem to have the key to that freedom in their hearts and souls. That's why I like them, because their material, the things they create, have that freedom so often. That freedom can be found in David Lynch's Inland Empire and Mulholland Drive, for example, and in the third season of Twin Peaks. And there's so much more that you can do with that. Like I said, it's only barely been glimpsed here and there, like in this piece of music I just mentioned. I love that freedom, the kind of fragmentation that frees up your mind and lets your imagination soar, and that's certainly something I'm pouring into my work to the best of my ability. I'm creating a couple of long pieces of music now, and it's one of the most rewarding things when I find that I've somehow, some way, been able to achieve that, so that when I listen to the work myself, it's there for me to enjoy, because this is the kind of thing that comes through you. Yes, you are doing things to make it happen, but it's somewhere out there, and with the right heart, with the right way of approaching life, it's possible to let it flow through what you are doing. You can't nail it down, you can't capture it, you can't manufacture it, thankfully. But of course, there are so many things out there that tell you they have that magic, when in fact they don't. They are offering you a manufactured substitute for that magic. But the great thing about this is that once you realize that there's the stuff that poses as that, and then there's the real thing. The great thing is that you know the real thing immediately, unless you've been completely programmed to not be able to tell a copy from the real thing. I believe in the possibility of people seeing through these kinds of marketing tricks. It may take time, it may take a long time, but it's possible to keep finding your way to ever more true and real things. And the same goes for real life as well. Don't settle for something that calls itself love when in your heart and soul you are not feeling truly loved. If you aren't, then it's not love. 
I can only recommend, if you find yourself in that situation, to walk away from it and go find experiences and hopefully even a person one day through the magic that we can't predict. Someone who makes you feel truly and completely loved and just the way you are. Not controlling you, not trying to change you. Someone who makes you feel you are the one. I don't want anyone else. Bye.